gifts of Christmas, and we've been walking through gifts of Christmas, and one of them is that we want to talk about, that I want to talk about today is the gift of adoption. I think most of you are aware that our uh, family story is the story of adoption. Uh, we adopted both of our children as infants. Claire was born in Wichita, Kansas. Nick was born in San Diego, California on this day 19 years ago. I think all of you know that from him telling you this morning, right? He also, if he did not get the invitation extended to you, will be heading to McDonald's to celebrate his birthday right after church, and you're more than welcome to come. His father will not be paying for you, but you are more than welcome to come and celebrate. He would love that if you have the time. He would love that. And I believe that there may be some cake that shows up right after church out there, so stick around for and grab a piece of cake. Um, all right, well... Both of our kids' stories are, uh, are awesome and unique, and they have God's fingerprints all over them. And without going into all the details, I just want to highlight uh, a little bit for you today. Before we knew about Claire, hi Claire, before we knew about Claire, we had been doing all the paperwork and paying all the fees and having the appointments and, and hiring the professionals and preparing to adopt a baby boy. And it was on the way, we had the agreement all ready to go and everything's good, and then we learned that the birth mother changed her mind. And of course, that possibility is, is always there with adoptions, still we were devastated. And so we, we had the, the nursery almost all put together, we had a new crib and we had the rocking chair and several other things in place, and now there would be no baby to occupy that room. And I remember, I think it was a Wednesday night, Going into that nursery, lights were off. I sat down in that, uh, in that rocking chair. And, um, I mean, I, here I'm doing it again, but we were devastated. I mean, and, and so I cried, and I, I didn't understand, and I cried out to God, and I prayed, and the question God. And then in the middle of that, I mean, I don't know, it's just like, kind of feels like it was yesterday, almost. But um, in the middle of that, I just had this sense of God's presence wash over me. It wasn't a promise of another baby. It wasn't an audible voice. Yeah, I'm not hearing voices, I promise. It was, it was the comfort and the peace of the Holy Spirit letting me know that God had not abandoned us and no matter what happened, we could trust him. No answers. Didn't know what was coming next. But just had that peace. Four days later, we got a call from, uh, from a, uh, the organi an organization that, um, that a family had, had picked our family, a, a, a birth mother had picked our family. Um, yeah, I mean, they read about us and saw the pictures and everything, and still picked our family. It was amazing. I mean, that's an act of God, right? Um, ten days later, Claire was born, and I think I have a picture. There she is. Oh. And she's more beautiful today than she was then. Nick's story has some similarities to that and a whole lot of uh, uh, differences. But uh, some of the similarities, we had upped all our paperwork and, and we were preparing for another adoption. And, and we got the, the call in the early morning hours that it was time to head to the hospital. And we had to go a couple hours to get there this time. And so we, we rushed around and, and we got all the stuff ready. And we woke up our friend who was going to come and stay with Claire while we went to the hospital. To, to, and, and we're literally heading out the back door, last bag over my shoulder, heading out the back door and the phone rang and the phone 
um, this was back in the day when it was like on the wall, you know, it was like wires and it was connected. It wasn't just like, oh, let me get. So, so literally heading out the door, the phone's on the wall right here, out through the kitchen door, out to the garage to get in the car with the last bag ready to pull out, phone rings, pick it up. Birth mother has changed her mind. You don't need to come. And so we sent our friend home. <laughs> it was 19 years ago. I don't know why I'm crying. But um, sent our friend home. And again, devastated. But it wasn't too long uh, before we uh, heard about this little boy who was, who was due on Christmas Day in San Diego. The worst places to be in December than San Diego. I'm just saying. Uh, we cautiously walked through the process, not trying to get our hopes up. Uh, go ahead with the next picture. There he is. He's a little bigger these days. I don't, I don't have time to go through the, the wild ride that that took us on. Uh, but it might sound familiar. It goes a little bit like this. It's a story of a husband and a wife who traveled a far distance right before Christmas. They didn't have anywhere to stay, but uh, they, they were all there because of the promise of a new baby boy. I'm not saying that I'm Joseph and you're Mary or anything. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. All right. So with both our kids, and again, those stories are, are uh, hugely uh, life-changing for us. Stories of adoption. Um, uh, and and, uh, and it, we went through the process with both, both of those situations where we paid the fees and we received the approvals and we stood before judges and we signed papers and we officially became family. We will be family forever. These children are, are ours, even though they're like old people now. They're, they're ours, right? Uh, on good days and bad days, on days of great success and great failure, the highs, the lows, the days of funny jokes and hurt feelings, uh, good behavior, arguing, uh, happy times, discipline. Uh, through it all, through all the years, they are our children. We have been a, a family. They are fully and completely adopted. Adoption is our story. Several of you have versions of, of, of those adoption stories as well uh, with your own families. They're stories of, of heartache and love and, and devastation and faith and questioning and obedience. They're, they're stories of, of children in need of a home and, and homes in need of a child. Stories of adoption. Whether, whether you uh, have experienced adoption for yourself or not, I think Christmas highlights the fact that all of us can have an adoption story, that we can be adopted into the family of God. John 1, 12 and 13 says this, but to all who have received him, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become God's children. Children not born of human parents or by human desire or a, human, a husband's decision, but by God. We have the right to become God's Children adopted by God. The Apostle Paul uses the, the actual word adoption as a metaphor several times in his writings throughout the New Testament. The first time is in Romans chapter 8, and I want to read those couple of verses for you. It says, uh, beginning in verse 14, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery leading again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, then heirs, namely heirs of God and also fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we may also be glorified with him. This says we have received the spirit of adoption. Uh, maybe I don't have to tell you that, that, that the, the Abba there doesn't refer to the Swedish rock band. That's not what it's talking about. That came later. That was the 70s, and we don't want to talk about the 70s. But um, the, the, it, it's, it's an Aramaic term, uh, Abba, and it, it's a term of endearment that means daddy. I, that's the closest equivalent in, in English. The, the first time that, uh, that, that the term appears in scripture, it's only there a few times, and the first time that it's there is when Jesus is in the garden um, of Gethsemane right before he's betrayed, right? And he's, he's in anguish and he's crying out to God and he's saying, uh, do I have to go through with this? And, and he refers to his father, God, as Abba or Daddy. In his hour of desperate need, Jesus called on his Daddy, and perhaps even more significant uh, is, is that that term Abba is used only two other times in scripture. One of them right here that we just read. And, and both of those times it's, it's describing what we can call God the Father. That we can call him Daddy. I still remind, re, remember signing a Valentine card uh, for Claire. So, so she was like three weeks old. Uh, she doesn't remember this, uh, but, uh, uh, and, and I signed it, Love Daddy, and I remember getting all choked up about that, oh. <laughs> right? Because that's the first time I'd ever, like, signed that. There are only two people in this world that can, uh, that can call me Daddy. They don't anymore unless they really want something really bad, and then they do. But uh, uh, there, there are only two people that can, that can call, me, uh, call me daddy. It, it's a, a description that's a unique relationship, an intimate connection, uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's unique in, in that family context. And Paul says that that child-daddy relationship is available to us and God. The same relationship that Jesus had with God while he was on earth can, can be ours. It's an intimate, personal, father-child relationship. We can figuratively crawl up into the lap of our father, God. And that, I mean, I think that changes some things. Maybe makes a shift in, in some people's minds from what they uh, have pictured of what religion or Christianity is like. God is not just a, a judge in a black robe who is issuing judgments he wants a relationship. He wants to be our loving father. He wants it so much that he sent Jesus to make it possible. Uh, Paul says that we can be fully and completely adopted into the family of God with all the rights and privileges and benefits associated with being family. It's not just this uh, secondary kind of relationship. It's, it's complete family relationship. Adoption worked a little bit differently uh, back in, in the day than, than what we, we uh, think about a, a, most of the time uh, with adoption these days. It's, it's uh, younger children and they don't have a whole lot of say in, in the matter. They have uh, social workers and, and, uh, and lawyers and, and those kind of folks that are, that are uh, acting on their behalf, but they don't necessarily have, have much say in it. Adoption back in Paul's day was usually older, uh, like a teenager, young adult kind of uh, 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 kids who, who maybe uh, didn't have much... Uh, privilege or maybe there they had been orphaned or whatever and uh, and, and a, a well-to-do family might uh, bring them in and uh, and adopt them or offer to do that uh, 
And, and back in Paul's day, it was an offer. It was a, uh, we would love to adopt you, but you need to accept this and, uh, and, and choose whether to do it or not. Accepting it meant assuming a new name, uh, cutting off any old family ties, and, and living in relationship within this new family system, uh, mostly one that could provide so much better. Uh, the adopted person would become an heir to whatever resources the new family had. And I think that helps us understand that when God offers us adoption, just like giving us a gift, uh, we, it's just that, it's an offer, and we can either accept it or reject it. Uh, God is not selective, he's not uh, coercive, he doesn't force anything on us, he merely offers everyone the benefits of being in his family, and then we simply uh, need to accept by believing and trusting in him. Adoption is a, is a big deal. Uh, it changes everything. God uh, plucks us out of the problems and difficulties of sin and he opens his home, opens his heart to us. Uh, we can enjoy this daddy-child uh, relationship now and we have an inheritance in heaven for all eternity. And, and, and as we live in that relationship, we resemble our father more and more and his character is developed in us and, and, and we, we follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit and, and it's a wonderful picture of God's work in our lives where, where we benefit so much from being adopted by God but I I think it's important to note that adoption isn't all about us in uh, in my experience as an adoptive parent there certainly is uh, a, a very real sense that that we've done something good to help these children that we've adopted I mean doggone it we provided a home and we provided all this stuff and they need to be eternally grateful for that right come on right just kidding but there's it's, I don't know, watching that video, thinking through, there's a little bit more uh, to it than that. It's not just how they benefit, how the children benefit, right? And with, with God, it's not just how we benefit. Uh, I mean, Rebecca and I have been the recipients of, uh, of joy and love in the relationships that, we've had, that we have had and do have with our children, uh, and we're forever grateful for the opportunity to be parents. I mean, don't get me wrong, not every day is roses and sunshine, right? Uh, not, not all, it's not all uh, just a, a one big emotional high. <laughs> I mean... There are, with, with any family, there are, there are uh, relationship highs and lows. There's, there's a price to be paid, so to speak, and, and, uh, and emotionally, physically, financially, all those. Uh, we've, but we've experienced through all of that, and anyone who, is, who uh, uh, has, uh, has, a, uh, has lived in a family knows that there is, there is joy that comes through those relationships that would not be known had we not entered into this adventure of adoption. So God has offered to adopt each of us into his family, and for that, we must be eternally grateful, right? We are the adopted children, and we would not have any of the benefits had he not offered to adopt us into his family. But again, it's not all about us. I don't know. Try to wrap your mind around it. God delights in the relationship that he has with you. It's not just about giving you something so that you get... God delights in you. Despite the high cost to God in sending Jesus to, to live and, and die for our sin, there is joy for God when we choose to accept his offer of adoption. God the Father delights in his children. He loves us. There was a, there was a minute on that, uh, on that video just before the, the, the 
showed the mother picking up her daughter out of the bassinet there. She said three words. She'd been explaining that she and her husband had resigned themselves to a life of never being parents. And she said, We've decided that's the, we decided that's the way it was going to be. Then she smiled and she said, but it wasn't. Maybe we, uh, maybe we accept things too easily sometimes. Whether it's adoptions that fall through or a new diagnosis or just bad news in the world or whatever it is, fill in the blank. We think, yep, I guess that's the way it's going to be. And, and God whispers, but it's not. We might think, well, after all, I've, all the things I've done or the ways I've screwed up or, or, or the way that I've lived, I can't be part of God's family. No way, I'm out. That's it. And God says, but it isn't because he loves you. Um, I think you know that um, in mid-October, Rebecca, Nick, and I traveled to uh, Chilca, Peru on a mission trip to Esperanza de Ana, which is a children's home there in um, uh, in, in Peru, just south of Lima. And, um, well, let's see. I think next week or the week after, I think we're going to tell you all about that and talk about it some. So uh, I won't tell you which week, mainly because I haven't decided yet. But uh, then you'll have to come both Sundays so you don't miss it. But uh, um, the, So it was, it was an amazing trip. Uh, we'll tell you all about it. Uh, it was transformative experience, best mission trip I've ever been on, not belittling anything I've ever done, but just, just, uh, just great. And the, the trip was, was, was full of new experiences, uh, especially for Nick, um, uh, just one thing after another. And uh, he doesn't always handle new things well, but handled this uh, wonderfully. I got to be his guide as we uh, navigated flying for the first time. That was an experience. Well, I mean, he flew from San Diego home, but he doesn't remember that. So, um, so as the plane took off on the first leg of our, our journey, I looked at his face, and he was looking a little green around the gills, and I made sure that he knew what an air sickness bag was and how to use it, right? Um, but, uh, but we didn't need that, and uh, sure enough, uh, after a couple of minutes, he was, he was right comfortable with it on the leg from, uh, from Atlanta to Lima. They handed out sleep masks at one point. Go ahead with the next uh, thing. He got, he got real comfortable. Um, and uh, that was my view for about four hours uh, of that flight uh, as he slept. And I don't know if he slept or not, uh, but uh, there he was anyway. So while he's sleeping, while he's doing that, I had some time to sit and to be quiet, stupid movies on the little thing, you know, that I didn't want to see, and, and uh, there's not a lot else you can do uh, in a window seat on a six-hour flight. So I looked out the window, and I don't know if you've ever done that, but you look out the window in the middle of the night uh, at the stars, and you're like up there looking out. Go ahead and show that next. I didn't take this picture, but I found it, so don't think that I'm like a photographer or anything, but... Um, just amazing, the stars and the you know crisp and clear, and you're right up there, and, and you're you're hurtling through space at I don't know 500 and whatever miles an hour, and and 35,000, 40,000 feet, and and you're somewhere over the Gulf of Mexico, flying in the middle of the night, and I mean, I was, I don't know, I just I just felt small. I think what might be a good way to describe it, just just felt like wow, okay, I'm in this, in this little metal tube hurtling through space in the middle of this vast, vast universe. And I was reminded of Psalm 8, 3, and 4. Man, so many times, I guess the older I get, the, uh, um, 
the more I'm appreciative for uh, a church and a family who made me memorize scripture growing up, uh, because so many times it springs to mind, and, and God just uh, just plants those things and speaks to me through that. And so if you're not memorizing scripture, there's my plug. But Psalm 8, 3, and 4 uh, came to mind, and it says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you're mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. And so I'm having a lot of those thoughts as I'm hurtling through space there. Uh, who am I? And what possible uh, use could the God of all creation, the God, of the, the God who created these stars with a word, why, why would I be of any significance to him? Just a small town pastor in northeast Ohio heading to the backside or the front side of the <laughs> foothills of the Andes Mountains for a few days. And what, I mean, it just seemed, it seemed overwhelming to me that, that God would even know my name, let alone care who I was or what I was doing. And so I mean, contemplating all that uh, didn't let it affect me. Still ate my breakfast on the plane. That was good. Uh, and um, uh, got there, uh, took, a, took a bus ride. I think we got to bed by about four in the morning. Uh, we walked around then the next day. They kind of showed us the lay of the land. And, and uh, we, you know, so we stayed in the, uh, the, the, um, uh, the children's home. But then you looked out across over from our room. Uh, this was kind of the view from my room. Uh, so back over there on the hills, those are all, it's just kind of a shanty town and dirt floors and, and uh, uh, pallet walls or, or tarps and those kinds of things. And just, uh, it's just completely different than, uh, than any culture that, that, that I would, uh, would have grown up in or, or anything like that. I saw people who were nothing like me living in ways that I couldn't necessarily, I, I was a long way from home. <laughs> And so all of these things are floating through my head on a Monday morning and every morning, but Monday morning they encouraged us to uh, get up before we started our day and, and, uh, and, and spend time with, with God and his word and, and just kind of focus on, on that. And so sure enough, of course, we, I was going to do that and found a place to, uh, to, to get quiet and, uh, and get alone with. That was my view right there, the, uh, uh, looking out over the, the, some of the play, play equipment there at the children's home and had my Bible and my journal and, and still thinking about all this stuff and hurtling through space and the, the, uh, the shanty town that we're living in now and all of that. And I was overwhelmed again as I'm thinking through all of that and just asking questions and what's and just overwhelmed again with God's presence. <laughs> and, um, and really, his lo- again, no, no audible voice. I wasn't hearing voices. Can I say it was, it was deeper and closer than that? Um, and if you've experienced that, you know what I'm talking about, I think. So I'm in the midst of that, I'm saying, God, I'm, I'm insignificant, and I'm not accomplishing a whole lot, and, and, and why do you even care? And, and, and I'm just small. What's the deal? And a, a very clear, deep, intimate response. Again, no audible voice, but literally deep across my soul, I love you. I love you. And I had this amazing, I love that God is saying, I love each and every person on this hillside. I love each and every person in this world. And right now, I need you to know that I love you. And again, a verse right then, 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. 
John, who wrote those words, had never quite gotten over the fact that God loved him lavishly. (laughs) It was incomprehensible to him, even as it was incomprehensible to me in those early hours in, in Peru. I can really be a child of God. He's adopted me. That doesn't make any sense. I'm nothing. Why, why would God? And the answer kept flooding in. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I sat and I wept and I basked in the lavish love of God. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. That we, Can you believe it? We can be children of God. And then we are. We can do that. And, and you know what? You know what's true? I am small, and I am insignificant. And the people on that, in that town, they're just people, each one, and they're insignificant. And I hate to break it to you, but you are too. Stay with me. This might be uh, one of the biggest things that continues to, uh, to fuel me coming out of sabbatical, and that is that my insignificance makes God's love so much more significant. Yeah, I'm just one little guy doing what I think I should do in one little corner of the world. And God loves me and has adopted me into his family. And the same is true for each one of you. The God of the universe, the God who made those stars, the God who created each and every person who has ever lived, loves you. And he has offered to adopt you into his family. (laughs) And as John would say, paraphrasing a bit, can you believe it? (laughs) How great is the love the Father's lavished on us that we can be called children of God. That's what we are. We're children of God. Oh, what a gift, right? The gift of adoption. The gift of adoption that has been made possible through Jesus. Uh, You probably noticed that we haven't sung much today. We're going to sing a couple of songs here in just a second. Um, And as we, so worship team, you guys can come on up. As we we think about all of that, and as that bounces around your, uh, your, your head and your heart today, maybe, maybe you've never taken God up on that uh, offer of adoption. Maybe you've heard about it, maybe you haven't. Maybe you've kept, God at a distance. Today could be a great day. Christmas Sunday 2019 could be a, a great time for you to, uh, to take God up on his offer to adopt you into his family, to receive that gift that he's given. Or it could be that, yeah, I'm in the family, but things are pretty strained here lately, and I haven't really been living up to my part of the bargain, and I'm not really sure that I'm living in that, that amazing, wonderful awesomeness of God's love for me. Maybe today's a, de- a time to regroup or recenter or to, to dwell, to, to go deep on and allow the Holy Spirit to just speak to you deeply about God's love. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe you're living in the joy, and I hope you are. Then today's just a day to celebrate, right? How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we can be called children of God. He's adopted us into his, that's what we are. My story your story, all of our story can be a story of adoption.